I don't have a cold open. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we just spent about Great. 20 minutes offline talking about Thor. But since we're so spoiler averse on this pod, we did not want to record yeah. that. We've both seen it. We've both seen it. That and Steve's much, seen it before me. <laughs> that is as much discussion of the movie as you will get while we're still in spoiler territory. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> it's a movie that can't be watched by citizens of the world. <laughs> it is currently in theaters. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens in the future of the MCU. Cool. I have thoughts. episode of Hype is My Superpower. This is a podcast where we talk about the things that we are hyped on, that being comics, unless something goes horribly awry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Will's reading everything that ever comes out <laughs> set in mainstream Marvel Comics continuity 616. Yeah. And I'm slowly trudging my way through every X-Men comic ever, ever published, and I'm currently in the doldrums of 1999. Will, what did you read this week? I had a really light week. Cool. I've been I've been swamped with work and then also preparing for international travel. Yes. But I read The Next Amazing Spider-Man, which yeah. is the first introduction of a new villain. And this is volume 3 of the Ben Riley Spider-Man Beyond mm-hmm. storyline and it's actually starting to get good. Cool. Like, I'm actually, like, I'm here for it now. Awesome. That's been fun. Awesome, awesome. And then Al Ewing's run on a one-shot of Defenders. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) It it was a lot to swallow, and I'm not sure I have effectively processed everything that happens in this book. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's... But yeah, those are my two. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's... it's not okay when you think of defenders (laughs) what level what level of comic like street level like state country world (laughs) cosmic we're typically i would would say generally country to world like they you've got people with big powers i'm thinking of the classic defenders you know like dr strange hulk namor Silver Surfer, like they are certainly capable of cosmic threats, but because it's not a mainline book, they kind of scale the the impact level down a little bit. So I would say country to world. Yeah, me too. <laughs> even even like I'd even immediately assume like street level because they're a team up of people who would never team up together. <laughs> right. So like it's got to be it's got to be a minor enough threat that they like bumble their way through the wind and only them and yeah. <laughs> As reference, Matt Fraction's Defenders is where they had the concordance engine that I've been freaking out about. That's right. Concordance engine is used well was used by other beings to take all of the possible outcomes of 
all the major events that created like super beings and and all that other stuff mm-hmm. and made sure that the best possible outcome happened in, in Earth 616. Right. That's what the concordance engine is. And that mm-hmm. happened, that was introduced in Defenders. Yes. So it's like a multiversal <laughs> decision-making tool. Mm-hmm. This Defenders decided to go a little bit beyond that. <laughs> Beyond that. Well, okay. So if Concordance Engine of Multiverses goes wide, like in terms of magic, if this goes, if if Concordance Engine is a wide decision, Ewing's Defenders went tall. Hmm. Okay. I'm curious to hear more. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's it's weird and interesting and kind of fun. Anyway, (laughs) how was your comic week? It was okay. I finally got back to reading two things. We had a bit of a short recording week this week because for once I wasn't traveling, but we were catching up on all the times <laughs> when I was. So, yeah, I read two things. I read Wolverine and Punisher miniseries, Wolverine and Punisher Revelation. And I read a short uh, arc on X-Force. You know, I've been cool. loving this X-Force title, so that was... That was nice to jump into something. Yeah, just a little more. Probably the best title of all of the <laughs> ones on, on my slate right now. So that was cool. Fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Should we uh, jump right in? Let's jump right in. Where are you starting? You're starting with Defenders or are you starting with mm-hmm. Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man. We're going to cool. start with Spider-Man. Okay. So even though I only have two books... A lot happened in both of them. So last volume of Spider-Man Beyond uh, ended with Doc Ock getting that hard drive from Beyond, revealing some of their badness, and then giving that hard drive to Ben Riley and being like, find out for yourself, my guy. You're right. not the most amazing person. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't recruit you, you are. because you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are not amazing. In fact, you are not even... Often even spectacular. Yeah. And so that affected Ben. (laughs) That affected Ben in his performance out on the field. He's being impulsive. He's being angry. He's lashing out. He's not really listening to his handlers very well. So on and so forth. Then he has a meeting with Dr. Kafka. (laughs) Dr. Kafka was killed previously. (laughs) Sure, of course. It's comics. Yeah. And she got brought back as a clone during Clone Conspiracy, which is kind of funny because in Clone Conspiracy, Ben Riley was the jackal and he was doing all this clone stuff. Oh, right. Oh, okay. And oh, that was recent. Yeah. 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 This is only just a few years ago. Okay. Our time for, okay. So for listeners, <laughs> Ben Riley is the, most famous clone of Peter Parker came out during the clone saga. And in the clone saga, they got, they did the clone saga because they killed off Gwen Stacy. Marvel was getting death threats. And so they told the writers of Spider-Man like, Hey, I don't care how bring Gwen Stacy back. So they introduced the clone saga, which introduced Miles Warren, who is the Jackal. Uh, It also introduced Punisher. Oh, so 
<laughs> there is that. I didn't that. realize that was his, huh? Yeah. I mean, they didn't like establish his backstory or anything, but right. the the man that has a skull in his chest and goes around <laughs> killing bad people. <laughs> right. Fair. So Miles Warren, Miles Warren was a professor at ESU, was obsessed with Gwen Stacy to the point of like taking DNA samples and yada, yada, yada. And so he creates clones. He created clones of Peter Parker because Gwen Stacy was dating Peter Parker at the time. And that's how he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man because, you know, the clones end up getting spider powers. One other one is Kane. He was a defective clone. He had like, his body was deteriorating at a rapid rate, but he got out and he was trying to go make his own life. He's still alive. He's part of the prophecy now. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Uh, Ben Riley is a successful Peter Parker clone. There's this whole identity crisis. Not the storyline identity crisis, but... But there was that, too. He was, yeah, because that's another Spider-Man storyline that has nothing to do with Ben Riley. But he realizes that he's the clone. He He creates a name for himself based off of Uncle Ben and Aunt May's maiden name, Riley. And so he goes by Ben Riley now. So on and so forth. Down the line, we get... The clones conspiracy, a new a jackal shows up who's not physically green and furry. He's just a man in a suit with a with a like an Anubis mask. Mm-hmm. And then in Clone Conspiracy, we find out that Ben Riley is actually the Jackal. And he's just going around reviving all of the Rogues Gallery heroes and side characters who have died. In Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, if he's not going to do it, then Kindred is. So, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Fucking like clones. he brought back <laughs> Jameson's wife. Yeah. Like all kinds of people. Anyway, Dr. Kafka is one of these people who he has revived. Why Ben Riley doesn't remember that he brought back Dr. Kafka and now Dr. Kafka is his doctor. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Well, I didn't know until this issue. (laughs) Okay. So we get this therapy session between Kafka and Riley. Hmm. And she's like, listen, you know, you're a clone. And he's like, what? No, I'm not. (laughs) What are you talking about? And she's like, Ben, he's like, I've, I haven't told anyone that's not true you told you told them about how you were resurrected and killed again and again by the jackal before taking on his mantle before bringing others back others like me i don't remember any of that no you wouldn't beyond wanted their spider-man to be squeaky clean the memories of the jackal's abuse made me made you more complicated so they took them away wiped your mind clean huh he's like they took my memories like yes you asked them to you wanted to be new so beyond removed your more problematic adventures from your temporal lobe but i put an end to all of that when i arrived it was too dangerous as clones our life experiences are enmeshed in a scaffolding of implanted memories pull the wrong string and you risk losing all the implants the basis of your personality so Hmm. basically it's just like listen he says i don't trust beyond she's like i don't either and he's like we can't talk here and she's like 
Yes, we can. It was in my contract. They can't. In order for me to have effective therapy sessions, they mm-hmm. can't listen in. So like, you know, you can trust me. We can talk okay. about all this stuff. And then, so Ben's like, yeah, so beyond is not great. <laughs> and then he starts to tell Kafka about the UFOs. And then Maxine is like, well, that's enough of that. So he hits a button and he like has a stroke. Oh, <laughs> Maxine's like, uh, it's so cute that Kafka thought that we were going to be watching. Yeah. Y'all ridiculous. Yeah. So they take the passed out Ben and put him back into the memory place and they start wiping some memories and then it starts cascading and all his memories start to fall apart. And they're like, no, 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 that's too far. He's like, this is out of control, out of our control. I don't know what's happening. Mm. He's having like a full on memory mental collapse. And he's just losing like basically all of his memories. Hmm. So that could have ramifications. Yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have no idea what that's even from. You say oh, really? all the time, and I'm just like... Ah. <laughs> it's a segment on Stephen Colbert's Late Show. Oh, okay. Where he <laughs> uh, talks about super random, really small headlines okay. from around the country. Okay. Because talk shows talk about the big stuff. And so right. he has a section called Meanwhile that it's like, random man in Florida, yada, yada, yada. Also, sure. this other thing happened in Oklahoma. And it's meanwhile for the <laughs> intro. Okay. And then during the quarantine, it was quarantine while. But anyway, uh, anytime I hear the word meanwhile, I think of that segment. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot of news, but I do watch that when it shows up on my uh, YouTube feed. <laughs> sure. In any case, Black Cat, Felicia Hardy, goes and meets with Steve Rogers at a diner. And she's like, hey. Mm-hmm. So Peter Parker's awake. Yeah. He, you hit him in the face with your shield last time he was outside. <laughs> <laughs> we need to train him to get back to like mm. square one, basically. Because mm-hmm. he's a hero. He's Peter. He's yeah. not going to not. He's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. So basically they have like what Electra was doing for Daredevil in Zdarsky's run of Daredevil, mm-hmm. just training him to get back to fighting shape. Right. They're doing the same for Spider-Man. Cool. Uh, for Pete. As there's a real, like, you know, Electra is to Daredevil as Felicia Hardy is to Peter. So. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. Mary Jane gave Felicia the Spider-Man costume. And so when Felicia says Pete's ready, he mm. can get the costume. Cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> In the meantime. <laughs> Good recovery. Um, <laughs> doctors are sitting with Ben and he's like, okay, hey, after a readjustment, we got to make sure. Uh, there can sometimes be temporary mnemonic drift. I just want to make sure you're all squared away so you can get back to doing what you do best. It's like, all right. So we got a slideshow of Spider-Man's rogues gallery mm. and just going through. He's like, Cobb Goblin, 
I don't know which one. He's like, that's fine. Villain name is fine. It's <laughs> like, all right, Venom, Vermin, Vulture. Are these in alphabetical order? No, it's random, but what are the odds, right? Dr. Octopus, uh, moving on. So the bombastic bag man is uh-huh. back in spirit because nice. Felicia refuses to give him his spider give Peter his spider suit. Uh, so he's wearing okay. a paper bag with a hole with yeah. eye holes on it. And they're whipping around and Felicia's basically trying to get him to thwip acrobatically again. <laughs> and by day three, she thwips low and like goes between tables at a restaurant and an outdoor seating restaurant. Okay. Pete tries and he crashes into the tables. So that didn't work. Day four, they're still going. Pete's having trouble keeping up and he seems to not really t- be taking it seriously. He's like, come on, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm going. And Felicia's giving him the, like, the hard talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being like, listen, yeah. <laughs> cut you some slack. When has Spider-Man ever been cut any slack? So <laughs> so you're at, what, 75%? I've got news for you. Your 75% should be about equal to my 100 He's like, I don't know if I trust that math. He's like, you have superpowers. I don't. <laughs> what, did no. you forget? Did you get? Did you forget? Did you think I got bit by a radioactive Eartha kit? You do too have superpowers. It was a whole thing, remember? Sure, a little bad luck here and there. Big deal. But you're Spider-Man. You can do whatever. Spider can. You want to get out <laughs> there again? Then shape up. So it's just like yeah, training, training, training. And so actually, I think the entire... His entire arc in this book is him just training with Cap. training montage. And yeah. And so cool. by the end of the book, they graduate to Felicia and Cap uh, running burglaries okay. <laughs> and just like <laughs> doing basic fighting and stuff. And he's yeah. still nowhere near 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of that. Cool. Kafka is being held in observation room 816 and <laughs> Maxine is giving her the workaround just like you're a clone that brings yeah. in some very precarious human rights uh, conversations <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's not talk about I have no right to keep you here <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> but anyway it ends with it ends that conversation with Maxine putting a vial of a bunch of like black swirling stuff on the table. And Kafka's like, what? Mm. Unsure whether it's a venom symbiote or something else, because who knows? <laughs> Anywho, Ben is finishing up his routine check. And the doctor is like, like you said the other day, right? With great power, there must also come. And he has a blank look on his face. Like, I don't, I don't get it. With great power, there must also come what? Oh, so so there's a memory that was tampered with. Uh-huh. Uh, that seems like a good one for uh, Beyond to not want to have in their <laughs> puppet. Yeah, yeah. And that ends with Janine got out. Ben's handler helped her get out, even through all the security, whatever it happened. And Janine went to Mary Jane because she knows Ben Riley slash Peter Parker to Mary Jane. So fine. Sure. So, okay. <laughs> so she goes to Mary Jane. She's like, hey, we need to talk. And she's holding the, the hard drive. Okay. Mary Jane comes home in a black cat outfit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and 
Is this all of your dreams coming true? Oh my god. There's a little (laughs) caption that says, why is Mary Jane wearing a black cat costume? Better pick up Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond, which happens to be the next issue. So there we go. Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond basically starts with Felicia going in her civvies to go visit Pete in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And we are greeted in that room by a depowered Parker Robbins. Parker Robbins used to be the hood in Hawkeye Freefall. Hawkeye hired Count Nefaria to summon a demon to eat the hood that was the demon that was giving him (laughs) powers. So it's just normal human Parker Robbins. (laughs) Okay. So Parker Robbins is like, I need to get the hood back. How else can I get the hood back but to make the greatest thief in New York do it for me? So Mm. been following her and noticed she's been going to this hospital a lot. Mm. And so finds out what room she's been going to. And so she's waiting there. And he's like, who the hell is this Peter Parker guy that a master thief and this um, this up and coming Hollywood actress Mary Jane Park, <laughs> Mary Jane Watson is hanging out and visiting with this guy. I don't yeah. get it, but whatever. Yeah, I give me give me what I'm looking for. <laughs> sure. Uh, he has a gun pointed at Mary Jane, and he's like, basically, you have until sun up to get me my hood, or I shoot this guy. He's some, he's a nobody. I don't give a shit who he is. Right. They agree, or Felicia agrees. Mary Jane. And she says, Mary Jane's coming with me. He says, why? She's part of my crew. And Mary Jane's like, okay, fine. But you have to put the gun away. He's like, fine, whatever. (laughs) And Felicia's like, why did you tell him to put the gun away? He's like, because if Pete's... (laughs) If Pete's spider sense went off (laughs) in in, while we were away and he tried to, like, stop this, he's not going to be able to stop it. He's not going to be able to dodge a gun in the shape that he's in. So, okay. Okay, fine. All right, so we know Count Nefaria was is was involved. So yep. Black Cat and Mary Jane go and meet with Nefaria. Nefaria is a huge fan of <laughs> sort of Mary Jane, but specifically the director. Okay, <laughs> who was actually Mysterio. Mysterio. Uh huh. But and so he just wants to know. He's like, you you worked. With Deperna in Up in Smoke, Down in Flames. Sad about the premiere, by the way, in reference to Sinister War. Yeah. I must I must ask you about all the things. And so they have a little chat. And while they're chatting, Bruno and Doc, Dr. Oh, crap. I forget the guy's name. Anyway, um, Felicia's crew are finding out who was there that night when Nefaria did all that. Because sure. Nefaria refuses to help. And so enter montage of... Mary Jane and Black Cat going and talking to everyone who was there. Dr. Yeah. Fear, Rhino, Ox, Fancy Dan, Armadillo, Shocker. No one is giving anything up. The last one on the list is Tombstone. Okay. I'm like, well, this is the last person I wanted to deal with, but here we are. Yeah. Tombstone has his ears to the underground. He's going to know. He's going to put two and two together. He's going to hear about us. He's going to sure. know we're coming. Yeah. So Black Cat goes and starts to do the heist, which is to steal the demon disguised as a duffel bag that ate the demon disguised as a hood, which is locked away (laughs) in a safe (laughs) in Tombstone's tower. Tombstone shows up. 
sees Black Cat and he's like, uh, well, this isn't going to work. And she's like, haha, I already stole it. And it holds up a duffel bag. And he's like, wait, how, how, how? And she jumps out and runs down the building. She's like, catch me if you can. So he runs um, to try to go and catch her. Meanwhile, the real Black Cat goes to the safe and takes her time and opens it while Mary Jane Black Cat removes her wig in the getaway van and they get away. Anyway. Nice. They meet... Yeah, they meet the bag and they're like, hey, so uh, what's it going to take for you to uh, help us out here? We need we need the hood. And it's like, oh, funny you should ask. This is my price. So they get back with 15 minutes to spare. Give the hood to Parker Robbins. He puts it on and he's like, wait, this is wrong. And then Black Hat's like, hey, so some, uh, the demon wanted something too. After it ate your hood, it got a taste for the owner and wanted the complete set. And so the hood ended up being that baggage thing in disguise. And it eats, well, eats or takes away Parker Robbins. We don't know, but it's now just the shape of a duffel bag with a demon mouth on it. That's brutal. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and Felicia's like, that's fine with me because you threatened my boy. You, th- you threatened not my boyfriend. You threatened my friend. <laughs> and <laughs> Mary Jane's like, that was horrible. Are you kidding? That was great. And Mary Jane's looking at Pete. He's like, how do you sleep through all that? And she's like, please. Captain America and I have been putting him through the ringer. Spider waking up on his, on his own was the least of my worries. He wakes up. <laughs> I took pictures of this and I forgot to send it. He wakes up and he sees Mary Jane and Black Cat, both in Black Cat costumes at the foot of his bed. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, okay. It's this dream again. Be gentle, please. <laughs> they both just have this look of like, okay. <laughs> That's good. And so then there's just this little epilogue of Mary Jane and of Felicia. And Mary Jane's like, it felt good to be the bad girl for a night and that affects Felicia. And she's like, man, and Mary Jane's like, what's wrong? It's like, ah, oh, the bad girl. Like, I hate that. That's what I am in his life and his story. Just like, I'm not jealous of you. I'm not trying to get him back, but our time together was important to me. It was part of what made me who I am. He was the first man I ever loved, but from the outside, I'm the bad girl. The distraction until the good girl wins in the end, the perfect one. It sucks. And Mary Jane, laughs and finds it funny because she used to be the bad girl oh yeah compared to gwen stacy yeah and so she kind of like talks about how about that because she used to be the party girl yeah always just the one in trouble all this other stuff and she's like yeah do you know how hard it is to live up to the memory of a dead girl (laughs) like gwen never had a chance to screw up (laughs) yeah that's cool that's a that's a really awesome scene right i love this scene yeah (laughs) so Mary Jane reassures Felicia. And she's like, you're so important to him. Hell, you're important to me. I wouldn't have put my life in your hands tonight if you weren't. You're not a footnote in anyone's life. Oh. Says, Thanks. Ugh, you are perfect, aren't you? She's like, yep, <laughs> don't you forget it. <laughs> it just ends with them like looking at the sunrise up on the roof. It says, God, how does that nerd keep pulling in babes like us? I think it's because he keeps getting beat up all the time. It's like a pity thing. She's like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Awesome. Anyway, so that was a really cool side single issue thing. Yeah. And 
The only other big deal is Maxine has another lockdown interrogation with Ben's handler, who Mm -hmm. is the one that let Janine get out. And they have a very interesting question. So, or conversation, I said. And so Maxine says, do you know who Jason Halifax is? And he's like, no, should I? Oh, yes. Yes, you should. He was the CEO of a big oil company, built a super mansion in Broxton, Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, Rumor had it, some very not funny things were going on at that mansion. There were bodies. The cops taped it off. The oil company prepared a statement. Then Norman Osborne attacked Asgard a mile from his house (laughs) back in siege (laughs) when when Asgard is floating right above Broxton, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. The sentry threw a tank at Thor, blah, 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 lightning the void, and the Halifax house was wiped off the face of the earth. What happened with the bodies? How did they get there? Who cared? Nobody because the Sentry and Thor. Mm. The superhero thing is fun. We get to give back to the community, corporate charity, magazine covers, pats on the back. But we are beyond. We sell products. The superhero division is smoke. A beyond branded meta product that controls the news cycle and can make people buildings, hopefully continents eventually, disappear, no questions asked. Oh. For anyone who needs it and can pay, of course. Having it laying around for situations like this doesn't hurt either. But to do what you're talking about, superheroes wouldn't be enough. You'd need villains too. Mm -hmm. And Maxine makes a little smirk. And then we see this this lady breaking out of containment and says, like, she's programmed. Yep, the signals should express themselves as overpowering instincts. She won't know why she's attacking the targets, but she won't question it either. I'll take your word for it. Ready for launch? Retracting. Lower glider. Here we go. Wait, how, how did she get her mace? You said we were going live. Live doesn't mean they get attacked. And she busts out. And we have what is being referred to as Queen Goblin. Ah, clever. I see what I see what they did there. <laughs> and her glider, she she's got like this flaming, fiery, double-ended mace thing. She's red, she's got black armor and gold accents and a gold visor. Mm-hmm. And we come to find out that this is Dr. Kafka. Oh. Yeah. So her mission is to go and destroy the hard drive. Mm. She sees Mary Jane, she sees Janine, and she sees the hard drive. And she's going back and forth between trying to kill Janine as a primary target or destroy the hard drive. Okay. And then in that moment, Ben Riley's Spider-Man shows up. They had sent, so this is a big test run yeah. for all things beyond. And so they had sent Ben out patrolling in the area and so as soon as mm-hmm. goblin as soon as queen goblin got to her location they're like hey ben something's going on over at this location Go sure check of it course out. she says ben he's like i i know you and then that's when we start finding out that this mm. is someone we already know oh this is also happening at the daily bugle because of Mary course. Jane set up set up a meet for janine and glory to out beyond basically okay but janine probably never made a copy of this uh hard drive and within three pages the hard drive gets destroyed (laughs) always back up your data kids yep moral of this comic book 
Yeah. Queen Goblin starts to get involved in the fight. And since Beyond is watching, they're like, no, make sure she goes for the hard drive. So they tweak her brain impulses a little bit and she loses focus on Spider-Man and goes for the hard drive. She goes and get and destroys it. Janine's like, oh man, they always win. And Spider-Man's like, oh, not yet. And he picks up a desk, throws it at Queen Goblin. And Ben's just like, you're safe now, Janine. I'm getting you out of here. Uh, Mary Jane's like, "Uh, guys, she's getting up. (laughs) Janine says, are you going to do something? Ben says, eh, the way I see it, that's not our problem. Mm. And Maxine is like, wait, what did he say? And Janine says, (laughs) with with great power comes question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) What do you mean? She's dangerous. He's like, you're right. We better get out of here. And just takes Janine and thwips away. So that leaves Mary Jane standing in front of Queen Goblin. And that's where that issue ends. Okay. The next issue has nothing to do with that storyline. But (laughs) the last issue of the book, and it follows... Interesting. Hobie Brown, okay. who is the original 616 Prowler and not yeah. Aaron Davis from Ultimate. Yeah. But since those days, he has taken on the mantle of Hornet, who right. is one of the superheroes that Peter Parker created during his identity crisis phase. Mm-hmm. He made Prodigy, Ricochet, Hornet, and Dusk, and has since given those costumes to mm-hmm. four other people kids yeah prodigy was in the superhero initiative Hornet not to be no confused longer. with the with david elaine prodigy right perish <laughs> hornet the guy who is hornet i don't remember what happened to him the kid who's ricochet is basically speedball Ugh. is a Ugh. mutant that can absorb and redirect kinetic bouncing energy yeah and then dusk is this girl who has Seems like dark force powers. She can like she can teleport using this like dark void stuff. They don't I I don't know her specific power. Sure. But for the sake of the of the comic, yeah. she can teleport. Sure. Using <laughs> black. <laughs> uh, so Hobie is going around and saving people during the King and Black storyline. Mm. And Hobie has a company named Fair Gray. It is a crowdfunding platform for, it's basically, what are those crowdfunding websites called? Oh my God. <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. It's like a Kickstarter yeah. for you know people who are uh, in need of help. Sure. And Hobie is going through and he's like, we could do more with Fair Gray. Like we can like really make a difference here. Like, uh, there's some girl named Yasmin. She got during some rift that the Avengers were fighting the people that came out of it. <laughs> she got hit and her body started turning into crystal. No cure, no treatment, no help. She loses more mobility every day. Hmm. She's crowd crowdfunding $10,000 so she can make her house more comfortable while she waits to die. Hobie, that's awful. Breaks my heart, but what can you actually do? She's like, my inventions, my friends list, Dr. Voodoo, Scott Lang, Tony Stark, even Peter Parker. Fair Grey can help her. I can. Fair Grey's got hundreds of pages like this one. Destroyed towns, mutated people and animals, alien energy poisoning. We can find them and we can help them. 
Good old 616. Just things that happen. Right? Just things that happen <laughs> to people most of the time in 616. Yeah. While that's happening, he gets a call from one of his Fairgrey employees and finds out that Beyond Corporation has bought Fairgrey and of course. all been evicted. Of course. So he goes, so you know, 20 minutes later, he goes and meets his lawyer and he's like, what the hell's going on? The lawyer is at Goodman, Le- Lieber, and Kurtzberg. <laughs> think those are some uh, back-in-the-day Marvel names. I can't remember. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They're not current ones. Yeah. And I was I was really hoping it was going to be Landon Luckman and Lake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen them in current. No, that's a completely calls. abandoned storyline. <laughs> and his lawyer's like, listen, it's not technically your company. You were the president. Fairgrave was a subsidiary of Stark International, which sold off several minor minor holdings to Rancor. Rancor's import-export, why do they care about crowdfunding? Ah, they don't. They own Fairgrave for precisely 10 hours before passing it on to Calabank Limited. Calabank <laughs> Limited. Calabank is a holding company managing several acquisitions for Beyond Corporation. So Beyond owns it now. Sorry, buddy. And he got an exit package of $15 million. And then all the employees got exit packages of like a hundred, a lot of money, Uh, (laughs) at least a hundred, sorry, at least a hundred thousand to each employee. Yikes. So totaling over 30 million there. My God. Yeah. So we're looking at like a total payout of about $50 million just for taking over Fairgrey. Damn. Which prompts Toby and his girlfriend to be like, that's weird. <laughs> that's too much money. What's going on with this? So he goes and investigates, gets a copy of, he takes his Hornet suit and goes and investigates beyond gets a full copy of their entire database, takes it back and takes a look at it. Meanwhile, he was watched by Dusk. And so Dusk tries to follow him, tries to teleport in, but gets caught in a web. He's like, yeah, it's a teleport blocker. Uh, Hello, Miss St. Commons. And she's like, you're a thief. I saw you at Beyond. You're even wearing my best friend's costume. Original Hornet. There you go. Original Hornet was killed by Wolverine back in Wolverine Enemy of the State. Don't know when that storyline happened, but sure. one of us either has read it or will read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Hobie's like, listen, I know who you are. I know your crew. I know I'm using the Hornet costume, but like, this is all me. I'm, I made this. I made all the tech on it. Get over yourself. Dusk was investigating Beyond because her buddy Ricochet disappeared and was connected with Beyond. So they teleport to the last known locate. Oh, she she had a name, and he's like, I've heard that name. He goes and looks in the files and goes open the file for Beyond and sees that name. And so that's where they go. They go and check out. They see that Ricochet is doing some training, fighting these giant, they look like uh, what are those like microscopic dust bears? I forget what they're called. Tardigrades, water bears. Yes, tardigrades. They look yes, like giant tardigrades. tardigrades. Awesome. I love it. They're purple and they're Hornet and Dusk help. And turns out, I don't know if I already said this, but turns out Ricochet is a mutant. Oh, okay. So he can go to Krakoa at some point, but he he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Anyway, 
it ends with them, you know, saving the day because of experiment gone wrong, yada, 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 yada. And then operator six, Dr. Elliot Swenson offers Hornet a job on his team. He's okay. like, call me in the morning. We need to talk. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get more <laughs> of the identity crisis team uh, involved with the beyond stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that was interesting. So we have an actual interesting story progression for Ben. Yeah. Uh, we have just removed the veil of questions <laughs> uh, when it comes to beyond and their intentions. Yes. No more mystery. Very, very little mystery. Oh, I didn't actually say what that goo was. So uh, that goo yeah, yeah, yeah. is all of, because I, I didn't see it when I was, just, I, was, I was flipping through, but it's all of the sin that was removed from Norman Osborn. Huh. From that is quite metaphysical. Right? And so, <laughs> because everyone got their sins back. Well, so... Kindred gave all the sins back except for Normans. Okay. And those sins got captured by the Beyond Corporation to hold on to for later. Interesting. And they use those and get and somehow put them in or on Dr. Kafka. And that's how she became Queen Goblin. Huh. Okay. Okay. So she, yeah. Yeah, okay. so she, so the the clone of Doctor Kafka now is infused with the embodiment of the sins of Norman Osborn. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. <laughs> Using and is brainwashed by the Beyond Corporation, and it is this weird poetic mirroring <laughs> of <laughs> spider-man and green goblin it yeah, kind of works yeah. it's yeah, so yeah. strange <laughs> interesting and we just left mary jane with queen goblin and so ben before this brainwashing was under the impression that beyond doesn't know that peter parker is spider-man uh i don't know if they actually don't know sure <laughs> but from beyond's perspective Having Queen Goblin out and about, I don't think they care about making an example out of Mary Jane specifically. Okay. So I think she'll be okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. But we'll see as we get into volume four, which actually hasn't. So now I'm caught up on yeah. Spider-Man Beyond. Volume okay. four will be read as it came out okay. <laughs> like in order. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And, but it is, it is out. It's in, it's on the shelf. Yeah. When yeah. We get to it. It's when we naturally should have gotten to it. Sure. Okay. So yeah, a lot happened. Defenders. Defenders. A lot happens to defenders. I don't want to like belabor all the points, but uh-huh. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I don't <laughs> fully understand everything that happened. Okay. I know part of it is because I read some of it while I was tired, <laughs> but at the same time, that has nothing to do with this. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. Ridiculous. Okay. So, okay. Dr. Strange is still alive because this is before remember, I, I prematurely yeah. read Death of Dr. Strange because right. I thought 
that the Doctor Strange, the dead Doctor Strange, were going to get in Immortal Hulk was this Doctor Strange. Right, right, that right. That was right. a future Doctor Strange. Okay. Wrong. Okay. I read Death of Doctor Strange out of order. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he does make a reference to one day I'm going to die. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but Doctor Strange is in Sanctum Satorum. He gets invaded by the Masked Raider. And the Masked Raider, we, so conceptually, if you've read every single Marvel comic that has come out in the last 90 years, you will know who the Masked Raider is. <laughs> sure. But for, but, you know, normal people, for non-masochists. Non memory. Yeah. We got introduced to this Masked Raider in a prelude to Empire. Okay. Masked Raider basically is whoever puts on the Eternity Mask. And the Eternity Mask does basically kind of two things. One gives you a cosmic awareness and kind of pulls you to important situations or events. Okay. But it also puts you on equal footing with whoever you fight. Huh. You can still lose, but it will give it'll you... It'll be your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll, make, it'll make it a fair fight okay. across the board. Whoever okay. you go up against, it's a fair fight. Interesting. So if you go up against like Wolverine, yeah, you become an expert fighter kind of thing. Oh, like, okay. It's not it's not gonna give you it doesn't seem to give you powers, at least in all the examples it has, it just matches like physical strength and like physical size. Oh, okay. But it doesn't seem to like bestow magical powers or mutant abilities or anything like that. Sure. But for whatever definition is needed, it makes it a fair fight, whatever okay. that means. Okay. So anyway, he shows up. Well, it doesn't give him magic, I guess. But so he's, <laughs> he shows up to, uh, he puts a gun to Strange's head and Strange attacks him with magic. And then he's like, listen to me. And he's like, oh, he starts to attack him with magic. And then he sees that's failing. He says, curious, to block the bolts of Balthac so instinctively so effortlessly takes years of training frankly i don't think he's put in the hours he's got an unfair advantage that mask almost blinding to my third eye mm. really now we're in a fight and he wants to use words let me see what how he likes mine he says he does in the name of the nameless things that cower before the onyx throne let us fight not with bower bower borrowed power but only with our own and so the cantrips of the Onyx King are short-lived but potent. For the next 30 seconds, neither of us can use magic or any power not contained in our own bodies. Hmm. That mask he's wearing is useless now. My brown belt isn't. This is where I found out that huh. Doctor Strange is a brown belt. Yeah, I, I talked no about idea. this on Twitch, and then Paul Hoppy was like, yeah. in what? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> Paul would ask that. <laughs> but like he does like a karate chop on the on on the guy's arm and makes him drop his gun but like i don't know it just says my brown belt he yeah. doesn't he doesn't say what it's in anyway point is now that night mass or mass raider is disarmed they have a chance to talk <laughs> talk about the mask and his the, the eternity mask specifically and yada yada it has been used throughout history it's been used in camelot 
it was how it helped win the American Revolution. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, worn by numerous heroes, including the original Masked Raider, the guild who made it stayed too, but over time they hungered for the power of kings themselves and became the Enclave. The Enclave is a name drop because they're the ones who created Adam Warlock. Oh, okay. The Mask and its makers went to war and many died until there was only Carlo Zoda, last member of the Enclave and the mystery man in front of me. See Marvel Comics 1000. And Hmm. they have the relevant pieces of 1000 at the end of this book. Man who wears the eternity mask. So Carlo Zoda. Okay. Last surviving member of the Enclave. He was... Also there, the, the last time we've conceptually seen the Enclave, they made uh, Adam 4. Hmm. Adam 4 is Michael Korvac. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So, Masked Raider saw Michael Korvac get activated and turn on his creators. And it says, follow Adam 4, a.k.a. Korvac, into the pages of Iron Man 2020, number two. Excuse me, number two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the Enclave created Korvac, and then we have the last surviving member, Carlo Zoda. Carlo Zoda, they use a lot of colors in this, which is kind of <laughs> cool. But okay, cool. Carlo Zoda now is, oh, geez. Sounds like uh, Arnim Zola's like, Italian <laughs> brother. Right. Jeez. Oh my gosh. This is, it's okay. <laughs> Zoda had a spell book and he was casting some weird spell. Masked Raider was like, this is what I was here for. And so he shoots him. Okay. Well, sorry. He didn't shoot him. He shot the spell book and let the magic run wild. Zoda says no. And then, then Zoda was gone. I don't know exactly where, but I think I know when. And he looks at the pages of the spell book and says the face on the spell book belonged to sis sis neg s-i-s-e dash n-e-g okay a magus from the future who voyaged into the past and left records of his techniques there the father of time magic oh okay this is yeah (laughs) (laughs) and strange is like i know it well the most dangerous magic of all the for Unlike fully scientific time travel, it has the power to alter history. So uh, that's interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. So, tech based time travel, like Doom's time machine, Kane's mm-hmm. time machine, all the ways that the mutants have time traveled <laughs> <laughs> can't alter history the way magic time travel can alter history. So, ooh, so Ileana can alter time yeah history well it's hers is interesting because hers is both magic and mutant power like her stepping discs are mutant power but they go through limbo which is inherently magical (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she traps before krakoa she traveled back in time to train how to use magic from a yeah a younger dr strange Mm -hmm. which sounds like a great idea I think it's fine. I mean, yeah. she's from one Sorcerer Supreme to another, right? That's true. So, yeah. Cisneg used it to become creator of the universe, but having attained enlightenment, he kept all else as it was. I fear Zoda will not be so gentle. 
The cosmos must be defund, uh, defended, but ultimately we have to gather a proper team. So pulled out some magical tarot cards to find out who to who to summon. Same sort of way that Scarlet Witch summoned her Darkhold defenders. Yeah. He goes tarot and got a flipped magician for Strange, flipped Hierophant for Master Raider. He okay. flips over and he he knows so strange knows that with every card flip the potential and potential screwiness of <laughs> magic and the prophecy telling gets more and more complicated sure okay think of it as like the the variables going up another power okay yeah 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 mm-hmm. so he's like okay another card judgment reversed in the form of a silver surfer and so he summons the silver surfer He's like, cool, my old friend, one of the earliest defenders, a good omen. And yet, again, the card is reversed. Self-doubt, fear of judgment for wrongs done, a message unheeded. It augurs poorly. Says, whatever. Another card flips. The high priestess reversed. Secrets in disharmony, withdrawal and silence, information withheld. But who sits on the throne? Who have I invited into my home? And he invites Red Harpy, who is current Betty Banner. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Previously Red She-Hulk. Immortal Hulk stuff happened. She's now the Red Harpy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, also a defender of old, but in a in a timeline that no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I was busy, put me back. And he's like, hmm, well, that's not so easy. The cards will not be denied, but the magic is already so unstable. Do I dare continue? With <laughs> time itself threatened, do I dare not? One more card. The Vishanti be with me. Flips the lovers reversed. Self-love, internal conflict, a strange relationship. The image <laughs> I know on the who card that is. <laughs> the image on the card is cloud. Oh. They too are an ex-defender. They were they are also a sentient nebula. <laughs> oh. A place where <laughs> a place where stars are born. They could only assume humanity through the intervention of a cosmic cube. I cannot summon that much power at such short notice. The spell will bring them here, but without human form. A new sun is about to form in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good talk, Strange, guy. what have you done? He's like, okay, I've ended the world. Now I must save it, but I need more power, more magic. And magic costs. So he snaps his fingers and then like five different versions of Doctor, six different versions of Doctor Strange show up and they all help him cast some spell says long ago to begin learning the mystic arts i had to sacrifice my ego to burn the arrogant surgeon on the sacred on the secret fire and gain humility but now my hubris has created a threat as great as the one i wish to fight my chaos is clear i must sacrifice my ego again surrender the illusion of control let the cosmos itself decide the spell and our destiny the risk is incalculable i'm setting magic free letting it operate without rules uh, so it goes. Welcome to the defenders. Welcome to the defenders, Stephen Strange. There are no rules. So he casts this crazy spell, and Cloud gains form. Okay. And throughout the issues, it travels back and forth between the male version and female version of mm. itself. And then, <laughs> so magic takes them to where they need to go in order to chase whatever that guy's carlos zoda yeah they co says time passes but in which direction and they show up on this planet this lady with pink hair and weird and weird armor shows up 
And he's like, hey, hello, people. You're clearly space-time travelers, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, wait a second. I, I, and she says, uh, welcome to Ta. Oh. And, <laughs> and Silver Surfer's like, did you say Ta? And he's like, okay, you've dragged us back in time against our will to the multiverse before our own, the sixth cosmos, birthplace of the devourer Galactus. Yeah. And this person... It was like, so space time hobos, are you? Well, you've made it, <laughs> friends. This is the sixth infinity if it lives. And as for the devourer, there he stands, big hungry himself. Omnimax is here. So now we have the Galactus before Galactus. The Galactus of the six cosmos. Cool. Okay. Called Omnimax. I'm into it. I'm into it. In the sixth cosmos, technology and science wins. There is no magic. Okay. According to this. Sure. Feels a little restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> this lady, her name is Taia, T-A-A-I-A. Okay. I feel like they were just. Just have a ta- stretching name. Right? Because we don't. <laughs> no Human. one. I've never met someone named Gaia or, or Earth. Or <laughs> thinking of like, like the actress Eartha Kit, that's about that's as yeah. good as I can get. I mean, if there's only one, I guess, but like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she introduced herself and uh, she's using cool tech and yada yada yada. Her tech looks kind of magical, not gonna lie. Anyway, they survive Omnimax, they get away, they save civilians, so on and so forth. They go through wormhole to Taya's. Science Fortress, a place few have laid eyes on. Each scienceer has their own hyperlab, a tesseract space to contain experiments beyond the limits of what is known. Okay. Puppy smells a baby, and Taya's like, oh yeah, so I guess baby Galen has woken from his slumber. Uh, and they're like, wait, get Galen? <laughs> so is this like if you could kill baby Hitler, but for the entire... We do have that. Multiverse. Okay. Question. <laughs> Galen was gestated in a womb tube of my own design from my <laughs> DNA and a selected donor seed. One day he will surpass me to become Ta's greatest explorer of the fantastic. Who knows what cosmic wonders he will witness. Uh-huh. And Silver Surfer comes over and like sees him. And he's like, mm, about <laughs> this. <laughs> and he's like, what do I do? Yada, yada, yada. I remain silent, but I know Galen will live to see the death of the sixth sixth cosmos flying into its elemental cosmic heart on a quest for total knowledge. In doing so, he will be reborn as Galactus, devourer of worlds. There's no mistaking his aura. One day, this child will be an inhuman force of nature, divorced from the cries of his victims. Is he learning that now in this mechanical cradle? Is his heart becoming as vast and unknowing as a dying sun? Is he already set on that path? Can I prevent it? Okay, guy. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway... He like looks at him and he like he's he's glowing his hand all orange and stuff. Uh-huh. Mass Raider comes in and he's like, I I know why you're here. He's like, Do you? And he makes like little stars and like basically shows Galen the wonder of the light. I don't know. It didn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense. But basically, he tries to inspire Galen to be curious and um love nature and not 
be so cold. I don't know. Okay. I I don't know. It was weird. Okay. It was a weird conversation. It was a weird scene. Yeah. But it basically just existed to show that Silver Surfer is not going to kill Galen of Ta. And, right. And with his cosmic awareness, he knows who Masked Raider is. Okay. We don't find out till the end of the book. Gotcha. Anyway, they're flying around. They go and they see. So Omnimax is a being of no remorse. He doesn't care about the planets he devours. Like Galactus before Silver Surfer kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And Taia has <laughs> created what she calls the Mother Cube which is hilarious because DC has a mother box. Okay. And the fact that she called it this is just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so. Just a big old fuck you. Yeah. She's charged it with all Omnimax lacks, the emotions of everyone on top. Love, joy, pride, the hues of a life outside his gray hunger. The empathy box will transmit it all. So you hope to gain, to gain his sympathy? Mm, people don't change. And can a cosmic being even feel such emotions? All the better if he can't, they'll sting him like a space hornet. Either way, Big Hungry backs off. This is literally what Xavier tried to do to Galactus on the scroll homeworld (laughs) in my my reading from last week. (laughs) Yeah. This is also what they did do successfully to Galactus in Ultimate Galactus. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Xavier was involved in that one too. And <laughs> of course. Basically. And like the Ultimate Galactus is a pristine organism and nothing should touch it. Mm. And so when Xavier touches it with its filthy human mind, it freaks out and destabilizes and they chase it away kind of thing. Anyway. Well done, Chuck. <laughs> right? <laughs> So as they get closer to Omnimax to deliver this emotion box, they get met by his herald, which is Carlo Zoda, the man we came to see. Oh. And he's got this universe's power cosmic. And so Surfer and Carlo Zoda fight. And in doing this battle... More and more of the magic that summoned Silver Surfer is being expelled. And uh, at the end of this battle, he goes back to his universe. He gets like unsummoned, basically. Mm, okay. And Strange, Strange's magic just doesn't work, basically. I thought it was because this universe doesn't have magic, but throughout the book, he refuses, like, he's like severed his connection to magic somehow. I don't know. It doesn't okay. make sense. It's just like, it's the plot telling device they use to make it so strange. Can't magic them out of the sure, situation. sure, sure. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, strange creates a, a conduit of magic to amplify the empathy beam from the empathy box to <laughs> try to hurt Omnimax. In that battle, Zoda loses. Silver Surfer gets the sixth cosmos power cosmic on top of his own cosmic. (laughs) Oh no. And then Zoda falls through time again. They all go and uh, Omnimax is leaving. And then the team goes and chases Carlos Zoda and Silver Surfer is sent back to his own time. Okay. We we dive through (laughs) whatever time is happening now. 
and we come across a sorcerer supreme and his name is more e dune m-o-r-i-d-u-n okay and he looks like cthulhu cool as a sorcerer perfect awesome and, what could possibly go wrong well <laughs> arguably doesn't matter because Mori dune is the sorcerer supreme in the fifth cosmos <laughs> okay i'm on board this is sweet this is ridiculous <laughs> so we're now in the fifth cosmos and harvey harpy for whatever reason gets her chance to shine okay and in the fifth cosmos magic wins and like there's no like technology it's all magic okay. here Carlos Zoda is kidnapped by Maury Dune. They talk about like the first magic, the sign of five circles, vessels, blades, staves, and the secret fire that binds them in the moon dark. The five elements of all that is the circle is the foundation, the under the world underfoot, but turn a circle on a circle, make a sphere and see that. And we may see that world from any point. It's like, oh goodness. <laughs> they're just, they, it's crazy. Like, I appreciate that they're talking about magic from a I've already know all this stuff perspective. Sure. Uh-huh. But when we're just now getting thrown in, yeah. it makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of techno babble. Yeah. Like, they just go into it. They talk about this prophecy. And then Zoda is a slave to Mori Dune. Or Dune uses his, uh, uh, knows that Zoda is keeping secrets from him. And so he uses the Ace of Blades. To... <laughs> the Ace of Blades. The Ace of Blades. <laughs> the Ace of Blades is a psychic knife, it is the focus totality. Who is they, Zoda? Tell tell me in your mind as it screams. Tell me. Defenders. Okay. And so he's watching. And he finds these defenders. Taia, Nebula, or Cloud, um, Strange, Masturator, and Harpy. He sends the, his, like, hounds after them. His hounds are basically dogs with lamprey heads. Cool. Gross. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's, I agree. He sends large ones after after the team, after the defenders. They beat it, and in the blood, Mori Dune uses that to teleport to where they are. Okay. He brings Zoda with them. Okay. With him, and he says, now Mori Dune looks into you, from close to, I will see in you what you are made of. If you'll make good slaves for like Zoda here, and then I will will, and then he like looks at the five of them and sees the five elements of magic. Okay. For reasons I don't fully understand. Okay. And then that like stops him, and then he starts seeing how Taya and. Well, Strange gets it. <laughs> he says, <laughs> we are all the colors of his magic. The Defenders aren't a team. We're a living spell. Uh, okay, cool. Taya, earthly wisdom and physical force. You are the coin. 
cloud, symbol of water made from love containing multitudes, the cup, masked raider empowered by the cosmos to come, the binding force that brought us here, the arcana, red harpy, a creature of the air and misfortune, the sword, and Dr. Strange, the servant of the fire who toiled for years in the fires of learning. I am the magician. I am the wand. I mean, like, look, this is as much sense as the defenders as a team has ever made. So I'm here for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Zoda's like, but but even so, how can you do what can you do with that? How can you save me? Mordun made the rules. And Strange says, and thus he bound himself to them, a cage. But I have destroyed the illusion of ego, of control, and freed my magic. For the defenders are no hurt. And then he gets caught by Mordun. He's like, you say you are not bound, little magic man. I say elsewise. Your magic may be wild, but it is weak, for it still comes through you. A weak little man with no horror in him. No threat to Mordun. Okay. And Strange weaves a little bit of a spell and unlocks something in Red Harpy. And he says, right, that's why I gave it to her. And she... Okay, so she summons this giant green light thing, like giant bean from the sky. Okay, a spirit bomb. Sort of. <laughs> I guess a spirit bomb is more of a bomb. <laughs> Mordun's like, please make it stop. And then Strange is like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mordun of the fifth cosmos. Mordun gets rocked and then a giant green block just lands on top of Mordun and kills him. Okay. Strange says, Tetragrammaton. Oh, yes. The name of God. You know that word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the four four letters, like Y-H-W-H, like Yahweh. Y-H-W-H, it's the name of God, basically. The four letters, Tetra, letter, Gramma, right? Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I was I, like, is that the name of the shape? <laughs> I, I I took wow. a lot of classes in college about like, you know, Jewish mysticism and crazy shit like that. Cause I wanted to understand Xenosaga. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. I love that story. Thank you. For that. that that just makes my day. <laughs> so it says, yeah, Tetragrammaton. But it looks disturbingly like the green door. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Red Harpy hasn't personally been to the green door. Oh. She hasn't seen the green door. She like she's a gamma mutate, but like yeah. other because she's right. like artificial Red. or yeah. whatever. Anyway, after that happens, Zoda gets pulled away. He gets pulled away first, and so the defenders get pulled away with him. Guess where they go? Huh. Yeah, they go to the fourth cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Keep, just fucking keep racking them up like, like a fucking... <laughs> yeah, and they're greeted by this giant Hulk with four faces. Sick. Each face speaks in a different color. And by a different color, I mean their speech boxes are just like swabs of a color. Cool. There's red, there's black, there's yellow, and there's blue. I love this. So so here in the fourth cosmos, 
everyone speaks just in those colors and no one fully gets it. And they label this Hulk as one is four because the four faces all have the different <laughs> sure. emotion. And he's like, and then so a force field shows up around him and they're like, how, why? And then, then Strange is like, oh, of course, how could it be otherwise? Where there exists a one is four, there must also be a four R one. And there's just these four beings that are like connected with this like fire between them. And then the leader tries to speak, but it's got more swaths of colors. Strange tries to talk to him. He says the word peace. And then the being opens its mouth and shoots out all these. Of course. Colors as like a trail of ribbon. And then the street, they call them party streamers. They're like, they're not, they're not attacking. They're feeling us out, trying to pick up what we've been laying down to bridge Hmm. the language gap. Ah, then perhaps I should do the talking for now, Taya. If you are as if you're any better by Hulk off. (laughs) But anyway, that worked. And so now everyone is speaking, but these beings from the fourth cosmos, their text changes color. Cool. Of the colors that we've already seen. And so it's I just like being this. like interpreted basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a cool way to, you know, just like different, you know, methods of perception and, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like to portray yeah. something that is vastly alien to you. Right. So it says, you are strange ones, less power than, than we, more complexity, depth, nuance. We, we fail, you may succeed. Recurring conflict recurs, ancient, unending, unhealing, but now new factor, new element, unknown to we, strange like you. A stranger exacerbating some ancient, endless conflict? Say the name. Zoda. Mm. So Zoda is around here somewhere, and they come, time passes, no time passes. Suddenly, eventually, we arrive at the battlefield, and you have all these other references fourth cosmos references to other people we know but they're just as concepts interesting and so there's like a thor there's a ghost rider a Mm -hmm. hawkeye a wolverine captain america a daredevil an ant-man a wasp a storm an iron man a spider-man says the conflict recurs of past argues with of future sides are taken Battle is joined. One wins. Both die, are reborn, evolve, learn, grow. We all evolve, learn, grow until next time. And then the fourth cosmos, Doom, shows up, but he's missing his mask. Interesting. And then uh, it says, there. And we have the Galactus of the fourth cosmos. It's a giant purple and black abstract version of... Yes. It's just a full-on angular abstract of what we know as Galactus. Yeah, that's and really tight. Riding, riding on his shoulder is some guy. He says, archetypes of the fourth cosmos. And it's Zoda wearing... <laughs> what a fucker. Wearing Doom's mask. Wow. He says, I bring you what must be. He began with this reality. Now, we will, now he will draw it to a close to end... The end of all your stories is here, and I will pass through that end, through the new beginning, to become the ultimate power of the cosmos to come. So this is the first time there's been a devourer of worlds, conceptually. So what happened to the 
the first three cosmoses? <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. So this Galactus is called What Must Be. Okay. This is the primal devourer, the archetypal archetypal end. It strains reality with every step. The patterns are breaking. And so everyone here is just archetypes of concepts. Hmm. They just kind of are, I guess. Makes anyway, Master like is like... Speaking in color thing. Like everything mm-hmm. is very conceptual and not... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so Harpy tries to go and take out Zoda. She gets whacked. And so Master is like, fine, fuck it. Let's do this. <laughs> so he goes to fight what must be. And so he becomes giant sized. Cool. To fight him. Cool. Punches him. Damn you. Who are you? Who's under that mask? You've hunted me across realities because for you, Zoda, I'm what must be. <laughs> hmm. Oh, they called cloud. She and, and clouds like, I prefer to be they fair because Cloud is continually shifting between a male and female presenting body. Yeah. No, there is hope because the patterns are breaking and outside their reach, outside their cage, we can evolve, we can grow, we can know one another. And if we cannot be described in words, we can learn new words. And Cloud finds their shape as like, I don't know what the right (laughs) word is. And androgynous? Androgynous, that's the word, thank you. Mm-hmm. A much more androgynous form. Mm-hmm. And in just they say, uh, in a shape I created for myself, doctor, outside the old patterns, outside their boundaries, and ready to make myself heard. Then they split into a red, green, and blue version, and they speak to all the concepts. Cool. And says, listen, listen, listen. There is a rebirth without death. There is a lesson never forgotten. Re- fight for each other and drive darkness back. And they all join together and fight what must be. And Zoda is like, damn it, you stand against me? You, you preliminaries. You barely exist. I gave <laughs> you conflict. I gave you meaning. Well, I still have the power of never open to power the power to escape you, to destroy you before your reality even begins. Strange is like, well, the third cosmos then. <laughs> I suppose we should have seen that coming. Yes. <laughs> I love it. In the meantime, what must be sits up and he beca- he turns gold and he says, not what must be, what can be. Everything dies. Zoda knew, understood, exploited this. The fourth cosmos must end, but the archetypes can be saved. Not through old patterns, cycles, and restrictions. Through a new adventure, everything lives. And hey. Then, <laughs> yeah. We just got Jonathan Hickman's <laughs> entire thesis of Avengers. The uh, uh, What can be the life bringer or whatever shoots up into the sky and then super abstract old-timey comic face shows up on the the sky and says everything lives nothing dies this i know for i am the sentience of the fourth cosmos i am the true believer i am the pilgrim Ah. are my defenders (laughs) come join me in the final moment okay takes them out of their conceptual comic book page yeah because straight straight defenders situation here yes I love it. It is 
It is not dying. I am taking a new form to carry my archetypes on a quest to the heart of creation. The energy I shed will form a fifth cosmos of pure magic and send you where you must go. But there is a price, a loss incurred. The magic number is four. Four? Cloud? I'm staying with them, Doctor. The eighth cosmos runs on old patterns too. Even a nebula is caged by them. This is the first time we've had a reference to an eighth cosmos. We don't know anything (laughs) about the eighth damn cosmos. And so Cloud says, I'd rather be an archetype and free. But this isn't goodbye, Doctor. I'll I'll see the defenders again when you reach the mystery. It's like, what? When we reach the, and then they pop out of existence to the third cosmos. Okay. So we just have Taya, Red Harpy, Strange, and Mass Raider now in the third cosmos. Cloud has been left with, with the archetypes in the fourth cosmos. No one's left in the fifth cosmos. Uh-huh. Silver and Surfer, Surfer, Surfer has double back. power cosmic from the sixth cosmos and got sent back to the seventh cosmos. And the view here is spectacular. And so, so the third cosmos seems to be just this white circle. Cool. And then you look up into what would be the sky and you see this battle going on. Sorry, it's I got gorgeous. distracted by the Mike Allred art. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, in the third cosmos, because now I don't know what the first and second cosmoses could have been. Yeah. Because in the third cosmos, you have... It's said that the third cosmos was the first to be born from the multiversal cycle, the first rebirth after cosmic all-death. We're so far back that science and magic haven't been invented yet. Even narrative is just a twinkle in a future narrator's eye. Fuck yes. The drama, <laughs> the drama above us is not a battle between good and evil, but between is and is not. Creation versus negation. Oh, it's so abstract. I love it. Yes. <laughs> in other words, we've got front row seats, friends, for the cosmic Donnybrook that began them all. Lifebringer one, the first century of myth against anti-all, the primal void. I'm trying to get a readout, but my scientist suit won't play ball. It's it's saying we don't exist. I, sus- I suspect the third cosmos is too busy or too basic a reality for your instruments, Taya, or even for our human senses. We are breathing oxygen. Are we breathing oxygen for for instance, or some primal quote unquote air? Is that battle a hundred yards or a thousand light years away or both? If we stay here too long, I fear we may lose the very concept of time. (laughs) So, (laughs) Right? So you basically have is versus is not. And is is this golden knight looking being and is not is a giant black dragon. Zoda shows up and he's like, Time is, time was, time's past. Are are you real? A hallucination? I c- can't tell anymore. T- can't tell the time. I've I've been here for an hour, just an hour. I'm sure of it. But that hour was my whole life. <laughs> and they're like, okay, Zoda, it's time to end this. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> and Harpy goes to kill Zoda. Zoda creates a force field. It's like, how? Was that magic or science? Either way, it won't keep me out. Uh, you're the cause of all this. Harpy, stop. 
Look at what's happening above us. Anti-all has the advantage now, and I think I know why. Zodi have to drop the field. Because even though I have surrendered control of my magic, I'm still the master of the art. As you are a master of science, surely you know that a fire, even a secret one, cannot burn without fuel. The forces you're wielding must come from somewhere, and neither magic nor science exists yet. So what does? <laughs> Where are you getting your power from, Zoda? So by acting, they are taking from what is and is not is winning this fight. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And then Masked Raider is like, all right, it's time to play my part. It's been a trip, Doc. So he just walks through the force field, okay. puts a gun to Zoda's head, and he's like, what are you doing? Who are you? What is this? He's like, this is where we've always been headed, but the choice isn't mine. So they have a power struggle, and then Zoda gets the best of Masked Raider, gets his gun, and shoots him. Removes his eternity mask, and it's Zoda. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, so Zoda's like, it can't be, it can't be real. And then you get a a talk from Eternity itself <laughs> because he has to be involved, and he's of like, course. if this is but a dream, then dreams are binding. I am Eternity. I am the first. I am the first fire and the raging water, the angelic air and the plants and beasts of the earth, and the fifth element element which is my own spirit that which makes all in this universe equal that makes no one soul more inherently important than another for they are they all assemble to create me even i the universe itself am merely one cell of a higher multiversal eternity part of a cosmic lineage stretching back to the first conflict this first story this am i all this are we and all of this is contained in the mask formed of my own substance that gives who wears it power equal to any they may face, even themselves, the eternity mask that fate gave to you. Dope. So surviving Zoda is like, well, shit, I guess it always <laughs> had to be this way, huh? So he puts the eternity mask on and then goes and fights is not because is is losing. And so he gets up there, grows to equal size and fights uh-huh. is not. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. <laughs> Strange is like, oh, wait a second. They're not, he's not going to win uh, without our help. So Harpy, Taya, Zoda has brought, bought us a moment and given me an idea of how to use it. If he can form a link to a future reality, so can we. Form on me and open your minds. You are a living link to the science of the sixth cosmos, Taya. With my help, Harpy harnessed the magical essence of the fifth. We can use those connections, open those conduits, and instead of draining Lifebringer One, we can use that power to restore him. And so they all get super color-coded. Cool. So like the art of this issue is... Yeah. And the cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, that's the... I mean, those are the, the ink colors of printing too, right? So mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. very meta in the sense that they are like we've we've had a lot of extremely meta shit, <laughs> but like it's cool <laughs> to bring it back to like you know this is the building blocks of a comic book essentially right yeah and then so they give Lifebringer one the power to destroy the anti all something wins over nothing the resistance wins over the void 
And still caught in the middle of their war, Carlos Zoda, the man who doomed and saved us all, he could have let go of the dragon, he could have dodged a sword, he could have escaped, but then, as he told me, it always has to be this way. So, Zoda dies, is not dies, is wins the battle. (laughs) (laughs) Is not is shattered into these little, like, pieces and strange looks at he's like fascinating the dragon's fractured like a hologram perhaps perhaps a piece for every piece of the multiverse and every multiverse to come and perhaps when we fight against the great nothing in our own times we fight back the anti-all as well (laughs) 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 the the eternity mask survives as soon as strange grabs eternity mask everyone gets shunted back to their time and reality okay life bringer one looks at them and watches them leave as they're leaving taya gives her crown like science crown to strange as something to remember her by okay and betty is like don't call me again (laughs) we get one page of something that is labeled as in the past of the eighth cosmos. So yeah. Past the heat death of our, our universe, prime universe. Or six one six is universe, sure. Yeah. And you get this guy, masked raider, and it's a conversation between this guy who has like burned out eyes. He's got the just scales of justice on his chest in a red unitard and blue cape. And he's talking to Carlos Zoda. And that guy is holding the eternity mask. And he says, you know, the mask told me I'd put it, I'd pass it on the day before I die. Didn't think it'd be this soon. And I really didn't think it'd be you. Did you find the costume I laid out? It's like, oh, the mask raider. The enclave has come to expect blind justice. And you always did like Westerns, old friend. (laughs) And Zoda is like, why me, Jerome? You hate me. I killed you. Will kill you. Why give the mask to me? Because eternity decides where the mask goes and who it goes to. I'm just the messenger. And because I like knowing that this is how I finally destroy Carlos Zoda. <laughs> <laughs> or did that already happen for you? And Carlos like, it won't happen again. I can take down my operation, stop myself before I start. I can do it, Jerome. I can escape. Interesting thoroughly confused and then strange gets back wong checks in on him he's like hey there was a large explosion is everything good anything (laughs) i need to know (laughs) he's like nah don't worry about it i plan to just chill here for a little (laughs) bit and then it's him it's strange with the eternity mask just kind of looking at his crown and there's like little references to other past defenders nice little like library study yeah so al ewing wrote this he also crazy person wrote yeah marvel comics 1000 okay i think a lot of people collaborated on marvel comics 1000 yeah right? I, i'm under the impression it's giant because this says yeah. material from marvel comics 1000 yeah. says as part of the celebration of marvel's 80th anniversary in 2019 marvel published marvel comics 1000 and marvel comics 1001 both of which featured an all-star roster of talent telling stories that celebrated marvel's rich history presented here are the pages that al ewing wrote from these two issues in which he brought back the masked raider who first appeared in marvel comics number one october (laughs) 1939 
Nice. And teed the character up for his role in this volume of Defenders. It has a reference. It has a cell that says that evening, eight bells, you're on time, boys. <laughs> and he retells. He, he, <laughs> his story <laughs> starts with that. Okay. With a new, like, you know, new art. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the yeah. Same quotes. Anyway, that scene is from 1939. And the creation, it's the the Human Torch debuts in Marvel Comics number one. So this awesome. is John Hammond. Yeah. The first Human Torch. And then that was 80 years ago. 79 years ago, you have the X-Men. Not X-Men like Xavier with a dash, uh-huh. but X-Space Men. Okay. And it's the three X's, basically. And they introduce themselves. So they hire this PI named the Ferret. And they say, uh, we believe that once the Allied forces win the current European war, a generation of ex-humans will shape what comes next. We represent that generation. The next stage of humanity, if necessary, we'll create it. But for now, we weren't lying, Ferret. We only want your mask. Uh, He has the Eternity mask. Hmm. The mask I wore as the operative. You know, someone gave it to me a long time ago. Told me it was magic. Never found out how. It's just cloth to my eyes. But if you oddballs needed to fight the Nazis, well... Fine, we can't stand the Nazis. So that was in 1940. The three X's appear in Mystic Comics number one. Each page is a time-spaced reference to all these other things that cool. happened. And he's like weaving this legend of the night of the Eternity Mask. That's awesome. You have 78 years ago with Steve Rogers at Project Rebirth and he sees behind this other door the three X's and some guy who's just naked and in chains. And there's a, a magic sigil on the ground and the eternity mask in the center. And this girl, uh, this lady comes up and he's like, Project Rebirth is not the only secret found here, Mr. Rogers. And God willing, you won't be our only success. But for now, it's best to forget the path not taken. And on the door says Project Thunderer. That was in 1941. The Thunderer is created in Daring Mystery Comics number seven. Hmm. And then you have The Loop. And we shoot to nine months ago. Roberto da Costa, Citizen V. Looking at old references to uh, the Human Torch and the Thunderer. And he says, I've been out of the loop lately. I'm not an Avenger any longer. And the X-Men have evolved. (laughs) So I'm watching it all, all on TV like everyone else like everyone else out of the loop. But from the outside, you can see it all. And I've been noticing things lately. Like the three X's, a.k.a. the Scientists Guild, a trio of 1940s scientific investigators. They popularized the letter X as a shorthand for humanity's next phase. In another world, they could have been the X-Men, but they vanished. Why? What happened to them? They weren't mutants. I'm not sure they even knew about the mutant gene, but they were there at the creation of the first Human Torch. And this man, Jerry Carstairs, a.k.a. the Thunderer, a.k.a. the Dark Avenger. So is this all just synchronicity or is it a thing, our kind of thing? I I know what I think. 1942, Citizen V first appears in Daring Mystery Comics number eight. I think there's uh, loops and there's loops. Deal me in, Bobby. Jimmy Wu, Agent of Atlas, Secret Mastermind. So Jimmy and DaCosta are doing something. Interesting. Yeah, and then you have the death of one of the Captain Americas 73 years ago, Bill Nasland. Bill's dead. The Adam 2 project got loose and it killed my friend. All, and it's just the 1946, the all-winner squad 
first appears in All Winners Comics number 19. And then 1947, Namora premieres in Marvel Mystery Comics number 82. Jimmy Woo is asking Namora about the Thunderer because the Dark Avenger, also known as the Thunderer, because this happened back in the 40s. And he's like, well, maybe you might know something because, you know, Hmm. you've been around. (laughs) Uh, Also, (laughs) Namor was there. I I can't get in touch with Namor. Maybe you can help me. Sure. But I met the Dark Avenger and whatever this is, it's not about him. It's the mask. It's all about the mask because it is now mentioned that the Thunderer was wearing the Eternity mask. The Thunderer for reference, looks like this. Basically, okay. if you took the original design of Moon Knight and gave yeah. him red clothes yeah. and a blue cape, cape yeah. with black mask. Interesting. Now we know that that black mask is the Eternity Mask. Right. Then you have the Black Rider. In 1948, the Black Rider debuts in All Western Winners number two. 139 years ago, from the Journal of Dr. Matt Masters, Basically, this guy gets shot and he's like, please don't take the mask off. And he's like, I have to. You're drowning. I'm a doctor. You're going to drown your own blood. He removes the masks from, mask from the, blast, from the Black Rider. He puts it on and he's like, ah, the mask knows where to go and then just moves on. And hmm. then we, go, we jump to 63 years ago and we have Jerry Carstairs, the Dark Avenger, talking to Robert Grayson, who's the Marvel boy. And yada, yada, yada. We just see... It's a conversation about things to come or what might happen. This was the last stand of the Dark Avenger. 1950, Marvel Boy is introduced in Marvel Boy number one. Now you have seven months ago, Jimmy Woo is reaching out to Gorilla Man. He wants Gorilla Man to tap into Avengers Mountain, which is the Celestial. And he (laughs) says, and you figure a space god has seen it all. Maybe so. Uh, maybe he knows what you wanted. So you want me to go and search his memories, but mind linking with the celestial, even a dead one. I mean, you kill the gorilla man, you become the gorilla man. Remember gorilla space God, Jimmy, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the why of all this, this insanely dangerous secret mission, it's just to find out more about some stupid mask. It's like, well, it's a hell of a mask, Ken. <laughs> not long ago, you, not long as you got a good reason, let's do this. 1954, Gorilla Man first appears in Men's Adventures, number 26. <laughs> now we get 1,500 years ago, Sir Percy with the ebony blade. Sir Percy of Scandia. Sir Percy of Scandia goes and fights this backwater village and some guy in a black mask and like commoner clothes. And the mask is actually called the Eternity Mask. They fight. The fight lasts for three days. And Sir Percy barely wins. And he was left too weak to recover the mask, who made some commoner his equal. The guild would not end here. Sir Percy knew one day they would create their awful land, their land that knew no king, if not here, then elsewhere. And so these like scholars were watching this battle and they took the eternity mask and peaced out huh. 1955. The black Knight is introduced in black Knight Number one, six months ago, 1956, Jimmy Wu first appears in yellow claw. Number one, Jimmy is fighting some Hydra agents and he is talking to Roberto on, on an earpiece and he's telling him what he's learned about the mask. He's like, the key to the story behind every story since Camelot fell. Sightings include the Peasants' Revolt, the English Civil War, and the Mayflower. 
The mask is an immigrant like all of us, brought over by occultists hiding among the Puritan pilgrims. They say Ben Franklin harnessed its magic to help win the revolution, to free (laughs) us from kings for all time. Got me thinking. In American culture, black masks are for the lawless criminals and rebels. On the Chinese on the Chinese stage, a black mask is a sign of integrity, the impartiality of a judge. Lawless rebels as judges of evil, ordinary peasants who can topple kings. If things had gone differently, could this have been the birth of the modern superhero? And why wasn't it? I love it. I love this. <laughs> yes. This is just my uh, entire activist or superhero thesis, but yes. <laughs> Then you cut to 89 years ago, super old man wearing the black mask is like, he's basically explaining how he can use the black mask, this the eternity mask to fight the robber that is trying to steal money from them. And he basically says, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Why, why are you trying? What are you trying to steal my money for? It's like, there's a depression on good people, kids starving in the gutter, figure they can make better use of the cash than some old rich man. Right, you're a thief, a scoundrel, possibly a communist, a rebel. <laughs> you war against wealth and power and those who have none. Catch, tosses him the eternity mask. You won't notice the magic. You're strong and quick already, but you're safe. But you're a safe pair of hands. There are those who will come for it. You'll see. Those who made it. When they do, make sure they believe they still believe in it. The Black Rider Rides Again premieres 1957. <laughs> and then we have the three X's have now changed over to at this point they are the scientists guild there's four of them and this is their conversation about changing their direction nonsense we plan to save the world uh and with shinsky's longevity treatments we have all the time there is decades of youth i wish only to earn my place among your three x's dr zoda i'm glad you accepted my ideas. The perfect world must be controlled by a race of perfect humans, the evolution of Phineas Horton's flawed creations, a race of kings, and like Mm -hmm. them, we, the scientists' guild, will evolve to a new form. To tame this fallen world and to transform it into something rich and strange, the guild is dead, gentlemen. Long live the enclave. And he has a sketch of the cocoon that they create at a Morlock Inn. Interesting. Jack Kirby brings sci-fi to Marvel in Strange Worlds number one in 1958. Jump to 1967, Adam Warlock is introduced as him in Fantastic Four uh, number 67, which in continuity is 13 years ago. You have the Enclave and the birth of Adam Warlock, and he destroys the place, but Zoda survives, and he finds the Eternity Mask. Then you have... A jump to White Tigers, Angela and Angela Del Toro and Ava Ayala, both family members who have inherited the White Tiger mantle. Mm-hmm. They're fighting a bunch of hand, and they talk about the memory of the original White Tiger. His name is Hector Ayala. He is the first Puerto Rican superhero. He inspired a generation of kids just like us. And now it's our turn to do the same. You're right. We define Hector's legacy, not some hunk of jade. My brother gave his life to, uh, but the White Tiger is the Vaughn. 1976, White Tiger get his own gets his own series in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number 20. 11 years ago, you shoot to James Hudson with Alpha Flight, testing out the uh, weapon Alpha, which is his uh, suit, his power mm-hmm. suit. And 
he's trying to go and fight the Enclave, mad scientists who created Adam Warlock. He hops in, storms, storms the lab. It's already been destroyed. And he's like, what the hell happened here? Some masked person with a black mask says, I happened. Think yourself lucky. I don't believe in punishing servants for the crimes of kings, but tell your enclave masters they will face blind justice. He's like, yeah, I'm good, but run a search on blind justice. I think that was his name. Maybe it'll turn something up, or maybe we'll just never know. 1978, James McDonald Hudson debuts as Welpin Alpha in Uncanny X-Men number 109. There's only a couple of pages left. Sorry. (laughs) 1990. It's just like a really crazy, just all of Marvel continuity, yeah, shoved into, recombined to to create a single story out of it. Yeah, 1990. uh, Night Thrasher leads the New Warriors in New Warriors number one. This is a month ago. Night Thrasher is looking around and finds this guy named Blind Justice. He was uh, Dr. Jerome Hamilton, formerly of the three X's, a.k.a. the Scientist Guild, a.k.a. the Enclave, murdered by a chronal device. My guess is that he he was rapidly aged by exposure to something, to unstable sliding time. Yada, yada, yada. He's reporting his findings back to Jimmy Woo. Says, I have a friend who specializes in these cases, the strangeness on the fringes. I'd like to bring him in. Do you know Dr. Adam Brashear? Mm. Brashear's Blue Marvel. So Mm -hmm. cut to one week ago. Adam Brashear, 2009. Adam Brashear, the Blue Marvel, comes out of self-imposed retirement. So Brashear is summarizing everything. (laughs) Uh, It's like, in the age of Camelot, a group of renegade occultists created a magic mask that made peasants the equals to of King Arthur's knights. For some, for the first time, the hero could be you. The mask came from the for the American Revolution and stuck around, so did the occultists. They evolved into a guild of scientists who who evolved into a cabal of mad scientists, the Enclave. (laughs) And then the mask and the Enclave started a war that might still be going on today. It puts a lot of my own cases over the past few decades into context. Night Thrasher says, that's why we came to you, Blue Marvel. You're something of a one-man secret history yourself. Wu is there. Says, here's the problem. We know where the mask was, but not where it is now. Same goes for the Enclave. Are they still alive? Is there a new Enclave? Did they did they kill Hamilton? I know we're all busy, but we should keep tabs on this, the three of us. Heh. You know, I miss Roberto. He'd have loved this. I mean, is it just me, or did we just become the new three X's? Oh. Like, hmm. So Blue Marvel, Night Thrasher, and Jimmy Woo, the new three X's. And then you have the same monologue from Eternity about how he is the fifth element, his own spirit. 2019, the Marvel Universe celebrates 80 years of publishing history, and it ends with the mask and now, sort of now, and it's just kind of an internal monologue about the masked raider being like, okay, I got to go do this. It's going to end with the masked raider and says 2020, the face under the mask is revealed. And then tomorrow, the eternity mask, it's back. Did you hear me, Zoda? I said that, yes, it doesn't matter. Morlock and Shinsky might have worried about such things, but my new enclave has already achieved its goals. The Adam 4 project is fully active. Korvac is online. And then space and time, time and space. It's a two-page spread that's mirrored in the way it's telling its story. Cool. Very Watchmen. Yeah. It starts with some monologues from some internal monologues from uh, Mass Raider. And then the second page is the exact same monologue, but in reverse. Cool. Like the boxes are just in reverse order. 
Yeah, yeah. And it ends with a visual of saying Korvac is online question mark. And then goes into a breakdown of the archetypes of all the heroes that he created mm. and says like who he was referencing. And that is that. So anyway, yeah. Korvac, night, the eternity mask. Eternity mask has been around. It's been used in the American Revolution. We've now gotten a glimpse at the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth cosmoses. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the first and second are. Yeah, you had a really full week of reading for only two books. I know. It's just it like they were very high kind high concept, and yeah, I don't. Totally. I still don't know why defenders do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got Strange, you've got Silver Surfer. They would kind of be wasted on small plots, I suppose. I guess. But like, I don't know, I guess I'd have to read like the first Defenders back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. What they were like originally intended to be. Because I feel like they just, they get real meta (laughs) 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 with their Defenders books, man. That's awesome. Yeah. um, I didn't know how to go over the Defenders book without like covering all of it. Yeah. Like, I can't just be like, yeah, so we saw the third Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal. Oh, man. But yeah, with the third Cosmos being the creation of the, like, cosmic rebirth and is versus is not, yeah. I don't know what the first two would have been. Right? What the fuck? Interesting. No idea. But anyway, thank you for going down that trip with me. It was sure. stressful. <laughs> Trying to wrap my head around it was a, was a whole thing. Oh man! Yeah. Do you want to hear about some uh, some nineties X Men? Please. Okay. <laughs> so the first on my list was Wolverine and Punisher Revelation four issue miniseries. Now, if I were to give you, you know, we've got Wolverine, we've got Punisher. What do you think? What do you think the tone of the book would be? What do you think maybe the art style of the book would be? I feel like blood. <laughs> you feel like blood, yeah. Lots of like grit. Yeah. Could I interest you in some anime? What? <laughs> yeah. Wait. It was what? It was it was it was drawn in, in like a real anime style. I mean it was like it's like Fist of the North Star kind of like, you know, a uh-huh. little more like detailed, like gritty right. anime, but like you know, this is this is ninety nine. They they're like, oh, like anime, manga. These things are really popular. Maybe we should like, <laughs> you know, we should we should have some of that in our books. I get that. I don't get why necessarily you'd choose Wolverine and Punisher for that. Right. So the backstory that you kind of pick up in in the exposition here recently in his own books, I guess. Frank Castle Punisher has died, was judged that his mission was incomplete, was brought back to life with the power of an angel, oh. you know, was judged by angels and was like, he was like, let me, you know, die and, and be with my family. And they're like, no, you're, you know, you killed a bunch of people. You'd probably go to hell. We don't, you know, want you to really do that. Also, we want to keep, you know, publishing comic books for you. So let's, uh, (laughs) let's keep you alive. Let's get you some new powers. And so he can like heal any wound 
and he can also reach and he has some sort of like long shot style psychometry and he can reach into his jacket and pull out any weapon he imagines. Okay. Okay. And, and so, you know, basically it's just like, he's got these crazy sci-fi angel guns. <laughs> and so he runs into these other angels called they call themselves the council of thrones. And they're like, Hey, you know, now that you're like brought back to life, you should, uh, you sh- you should do some of your punishing stuff for us. You know, like God, you know, wants you to, to, <laughs> to do some shit. He's like, I work for nobody. Oh my God. And you know, pieces out on them. But they'll come up later. Uh, Logan's on a date with a woman named Kaylee. This is her first appearance, but he's already feeling like he's starting to fall in love with her. She works at the Cultural History Museum, and he meets her uh, as she's guiding a tour of a Weaponry of Japan exhibit. They're out on their date. She gets an urgent alert on her beeper, because <laughs> it's the 90s. <laughs> okay. And apparently the museum that she works at has another exhibit going on where they are restoring some, like, this uh, abandoned subway tunnel. And there's some sort of, like, leakage in, during the excavation and some workers fall in. And it's basically the plot of the Defenders show, right? Big Hole. So she and Logan go down into Big Hole and it's like, you know, to go after the workers and they're like mysteriously dead immediately and there's this big like tech looking thing and she's like oh what's this and so she touches it and she dies <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, <laughs> Wolverine's like that sucks it, it releases this girl in this crazy like armor it turns out she was a Morlock who has this death aura power like poison mist type thing it's making a bunch of people up on the surface sick, and that's what kills Kaylee. And she was cryogenically sealed away by a Morlock scientist, which seems kind of like an oxymoron to me. Like if if they had a scientist who could like, and and if they could like seal somebody away in cry cryogenically, and also like make killer robots which come out when she's released out of her cryostasis to hunt her down and stop the threat to the rest of the world. It's like that kind of changes a whole lot of things about what I thought the Morlocks, you know, were capable of. (laughs) Yeah. It changed it. Like (laughs) it's like all of a sudden having a house party particle. Right. (sighs) So, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, the Marauders were invading. They weren't, they weren't getting set free. Yeah. So the robots would not be activated. Right. Or something. And uh, I guess she stole a lot of her tech from Dark Beast, who had, a, you know, set up down in the, in the tunnels, a, a lab or something. But anyway, one of the people who the Death Aura is making sick on the surface is Punisher's dead war buddy's little sister, who he promised to protect, et cetera, et cetera. So this girl gets out. Her name is Revelation. She's hallucinating everyone else's demons. And she's been stuck in hell for her entire cryostasis, and she's trying to find her way to heaven. And there's a whole plot going on between the, the Council of Thrones watching Frank and being like, will Frank kill her 
or will he find some other way to help her? He doesn't, but she dies anyway uh, in the fight. Uh, oh, before that, sorry, he reaches in his jacket and he pulls out a piece of heaven, just like a little sphere of like heaven stuff. <laughs> and just shows it to her. And she just shows it to her and she's like, ah, yes, this is the piece that I need. I see my parents. Thank you. And then she dies kind of weirdly, mysteriously, but he didn't. He didn't do it, but it wasn't the robots. They already destroyed them. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but whatever, you know, they had to finish the story. It's done. Council of Thrones comes, takes revelation away. Are we, so we're just accepting that we've weaponized heaven. I listen. (laughs) (laughs) None of this made sense to me from like, you have the Punisher with fucking, Angel powers from the from the very beginning. I'm like, I don't get okay. this at all. Let's just go <laughs> on the ride here. Yeah, let's just strap uh-huh. in. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. We can use heaven heaven as a weapon because he right. can pull any weapon he wants out of his pocket. Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So that's Wolverine and Punisher Revelation. We've also got. X-Force 91 through 93. If you remember at the end of the last X-Force arc, this whole big fight with Jesse Bedlam's brother, King Bedlam, and he had gathered a team of new Hellions, including Feral. Feral cut Siren's throat. It missed her jugular vein, but basically severed her vocal cords. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's depowered. This this, uh, arc opens with Siren depowered, She's fantasizing about jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, goes for a wander about the city, but everything kind of makes her feel sad. Like she ducks into a coffee shop. They have open mic night. There's a singer. She's like, ah, I wish I could still sing, etc. By the way, the this issue has a guest artist named Tommy Lee Edwards. I didn't see anything else by him that I was familiar to me, but I just really like his style. He, it's kind of like the early issues of Peter David's X Factor or um, the Madrox miniseries, just like really dark mm. and moody and, and kind of like cool inking and um, shadows on everything. Why? Yeah. Yeah. So Banshee flies in like on an airplane, not using his powers, but flies in from, from <laughs> the generation X school to come check up on her, but she's been out all day. So they all split up to go and find her. Tabitha and Bobby are together on their search and they get in an argument tabitha dumps bobby and is like we need to basically like we need to focus we've been trying so hard to make this relationship work that it's straining our friendship let's just call it done Mm. and then she walks away and (laughs) ins comes and arrests bobby for being in the country illegally oh yeah okay more on that later Domino, while she's searching around, she's confronted by this detective from Washington, D.C. about this bank robbery that she stopped a handful of issues ago. And then there's this weird light show and she's teleported away. More on that later. <laughs> Terry, on her wanders, she, in, in her depression, she goes and buys a bottle of booze. Remember, she's a recovering alcoholic. She almost drinks it, but then she goes to an AA meeting instead. 
And then in the middle of the night, she comes back to the warehouse where they're all living after everyone else is asleep. She hands a note to James explaining that she's going off to live with her aunt for a while. I thought it was a really awesome send off. I knew she was being written out of the title. Uh, I thought, you know, they, they didn't really have much to do with her character for quite a while before this. And I thought it was kind of like a shame that she had been kind of written out so unceremoniously, but this was a nice kind of like, you know, letting her go. Mm-hmm. Next issue mostly follows Domino after that teleportation. She's brought into this weird sort of psychological funhouse, but then it's like kind of opens up to be a rather normal looking mansion. And she's been kidnapped to this sort of like chaos, uh, this mansion place inside of a chaos bubble outside of time by this dude with green skin and red eyes with like a gore like black streaks over them gore g-o-r-r the god butcher from from the movie he you know the black streaks over his eyes mm-hmm. and he's got white hair and a ponytail you later learn his name is halloween jack jack is apparently the marvel 2099 loki although he is not loki and uh, just you know has he's that not alias. like the loki right he's, right right yeah Okay. He has that alias in, in 2099 and he is, he was just kind of like bored uh, after 2099 started falling apart and he has time travel capabilities and he was kind of watching, you know, 1999 and he became obsessed with Domino for whatever reason. And so like in this mansion, he just wants to have, like have dinner with her in this mansion. He's got like a photo album of her throughout her whole life, all her old costumes, her favorite books and CDs, her journal, by the way, her favorite musical artists are, she really likes African music and Afro beach. There's a Kenyan singer named Ayub Ogoda and South African Oh God, I can't even try and pronounce this this genre name. The genre is Mba Kanga or Mba Kanga. I think Q is a click in uh in in <laughs> in the Hosa language, but uh I I don't know. I read like I, I took a class, all my all my crazy literature classes from, from college are coming <laughs> up. I took a I took a South African literature class, so Of course you I, did. Of course I did. But yeah, the 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 band is called Mahlathini and the Mahotella Queens. So Nips, get us some get us some clips on this. <laughs> but yeah, Jack, Halloween Jack, he's trying to save Domino from what he calls her death wish because she's always, you know, pushing her luck and putting herself into crazier and crazier situations. And uh and he wants her to just, you know, relax, enjoy life a little bit. He brings he he goes through a list of all the people who have died in connection to her, including Grizzly, her husband Miles, so on. And he brings up this guy named Victor, who apparently didn't die. He's not someone we've heard of before. Later in the issue, she calls him and gets voicemail. So that's a plot thread to maybe keep track of later. But anyway, Halloween Jack claims that in an upcoming mission, Dom's overconfidence is going to get her and the rest of X-Force killed. And she says, fuck no. She has him turn off the chaos chaos engine that's keeping her from escaping and has him teleport her back to Earth. But he doesn't take her to San Francisco. He takes her to Las Vegas. And he's like, hey, let's party. And she just like hits him over the head, knocks him out, and starts making her way back to San Francisco. 
There's also a scene Bobby's lawyer tries to get him out uh, of his overstayed visa by saying he's going to start working for the San Francisco office of the DaCosta company. And uh, the cops are like, well, we have pictures of you, you know, during this whole crazy fight with Rainfire in the area. So, like, we want you on conspiracy, too. You're going to stand trial if you stay in the country. And it's just, like, such a recognition that, like, other people exist and, you know, like, have business with all of like when a superhero fight happens in the middle of a city that like people can see it and like there are uh, <laughs> witnesses and externalities and it's like is this the only marvel book that i've ever read that like acknowledges that the rest of the world exists kind of right <laughs> and then yeah so then the the last issue of what i read kind of starts to get us back to this larger eternals versus deviants plotline that's been going on in uh, in X Force. Remember, there is the Damocles Foundation guy named Ulysses and his half brother Odysseus, or something, or or who's chasing his half brother Odysseus, who took some other uh, an experimental woman who is a deviant with the the mutant X gene, which is something right. that they're working on. So anyway, the rest of the team. Sam, Danny, Tappy, James, and Jesse are playing Frisbee in Chrissy Field in San Francisco, which uh, was the site of my first big protest right right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. We we went to the, the bridge to protest, and I saw some terrible police brutality. But anyway, they're playing Frisbee, and then some Eternals show up and destroy their Frisbee. And Eternals named uh, Astarte and Electrion. And they're like, hey, Danny, we need your new powers, your quantum powers that you don't understand. Uh, we need you to use them to come save the world. And she's like, uh, okay. And so they go in her spaceship, and uh, the, the Eternals ship, and they fly off to this, this island in the middle of the South Pacific to save the world from an alien posing as a mad sun god and the guy has a pet Komodo dragon, and he's transforming all the life on the island to be enormous and hostile. Like they touch down, and they're fighting these, like, you know, basketball sized wasps and ants and stuff. And Jesse Bedlam is like, this thing, this kind of thing happens to you all the time, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they fight their way to the center of the island and the sun god and the the big tech that's warping everything. And surprise, the Eternals were lying. They were actually trying to leech Danny's new quantum powers away. They were hired by that Odysseus, or that Ulysses, or, no, Odysseus. Odysseus the bad guy. Ulysses is the good guy. Odysseus, Damocles dude, who wants to use that quantum energy, which Electrion can... It sounds like a Pokemon, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> is it not? Volt, oh, there's Jolteon. Jolteon, yeah, there's, that would be the EV evolution. Because also there's Electrike. Oh yeah, okay. Which is like a Gen Four Pokemon or something. Uh huh. Anyway, it's part of his plan to capture his brother and the the hybrid girl Arcadia is to leech the quantum powers away from Danny. Something, something, something. Capture them. And so Danny falls into a hole and 
comes face to face with a mad alien sun god guy who who's named Rylor and who actually has kind of a cool backstory. He's from he's the last of the Vilgermsh V Y R apostrophe L G M apostrophe S H. This is much harder to pronounce than uh, the Hosa language. <laughs> he's a uh, warrior king and tyrant, and he you know was a warlord uh, across the galaxy. And, you know, thrilled in, in conquest and destruction until it became empty and meaningless. And he was stranded on Earth due to a warped engine malfunction. And on this island, he discovered two tribes who were warring. And he, in a surprising revelation, understood for the first time the folly of such conflict. Abandoning my role as conqueror, I chose to become peacemaker and then assumed human form to end this war of stones and spears. Instead of destroying their primitive culture, I set to uplift it and use the technology from my downed ship to create a utopian city. I did not want to be worshipped like a god, but my vanity was greater than my reason. For a time, I reveled in their adulation. Blinded by my own ego, I failed to see their reverence turn to resentment. I shared with them the secrets of my science, and then, believing they no longer needed me, they turned on me, attempting to kill me with a radioactive ore from my homeworld. Okay, Kal-El. <laughs> in my rage at their betrayal, I lost control. Rylor, the destroyer, returned. I destroyed everything I had given them and then killed every last man, woman, and child. I had hoped to help these poor souls transcend their baser nature. Instead, I succumbed to my own. When finally my rage subsided and I looked upon the atrocity I committed, I swore that I would spend the rest of my life in penance. And so he's just been sitting in the dark for centuries, millennia, just kind of like being sad. And Danny's like... If you want to do, if you want penance, get up out of your little pit, go help people again. You're clearly capable of it. Just do it better next time. And he's like, you have given me a lot to learn, but check this out. Your, you know, quantum energy powers weren't leached completely away. You still have them. Here's how to control them a little better. And she's like, oh, okay. And so, you know, she goes back up, saves the day, et cetera, et cetera. And then Rylor's temple Turns out it was actually his spaceship, which is still intact. He flies away, and X4, as they're flying away, Danny's like, hey, could we, uh, you think he could give us a lift to San Francisco? <laughs> so that's how they get back home. A couple random things from this issue. Jesse's like, I hope we can get back in time to watch Win Ben Stein's Money. You remember that show? Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's first TV show on uh, on Comedy Central. That was a fun show. We used to watch yeah. that. We used to yeah. watch. I used to watch a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> Domino does make it back to San Francisco after the rest of the team has already gone on this little adventure. And she gets there just in time to find Bobby packing to go to the airport. She's like, this isn't just you being a martyr after getting dumped. And she's like, no, I don't think so. I don't know. He says he'll be back in six months, so I guess he's being written out of the title, too. Mm. Also, there's there's a package, like a, a mail package, a postal package for Sam from Genosha. So, And then the, the end caption at the end of this issue says, next, Genosha. So we'll see where that plot hook re- leads us. That's it. Sweet. Yep. Those are busy uh, issues. It's, I mean, I want to talk about it more because I actually like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot, there's a lot, you know, it, 
when you have a, a book that actually cares about its characters and is committed to character development, it turns out there's a lot more happening that I feel is worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Man. Well, that was fun. I like yeah. Bobby. Yeah, me too. As a character. Yeah, it's a shame that he is... I mean, the the, the roster is... is I, I think I complained about this before. Has been way too stacked, too, like, too busy to, to have the same sort of you know, good character moments and, and kind of this character focused, you know, tone to the book that mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed at the start of this writer, John Francis Moore's run on the title. So yeah, it's, um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, next week isn't really a thing. Yes. But we, we recorded some, some bonus episodes to, to give the people some content while we we're away. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We we will continue to have content coming out. Yeah. I looked at what comics are supposed to come out. So I'll be gone for the next two weeks. Yeah. On vacation with the wife. And let's see. Two weekend. Two weeks ago, one book came out. Okay. Last week, nothing came out. Okay. This week, nothing came out. Oh wow! Or so you, this week nothing not, is coming out. I should so say. you're not really follow, falling behind on your on your reading not. for your vacation. It's magical. That is so, fantastic. Congratulations for my vacation. So on my honeymoon before yeah. we were doing this, you know, four years ago. Right. God, four years. That's crazy. I brought twenty four <laughs> books with me, <laughs> and I read them all. <laughs> oh my god! So we're gonna I have do not a, have twenty four books to read. We're going to have a 24-hour podcast is what you're saying. <laughs> Wait, so after this, are you going to be current? Yeah. Holy when shit, When I get dude. back, when I get back from this cruise, I will be current in Congratulations. six trades. That hasn't happened in years. Years. Like since, since we were living together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I have 10 books before I'm completely caught up. Wow. Yeah. So I'm bringing those 10 books. <laughs> yeah. I have two back books that I have since found. Like there's that X-Men sword book that yeah. I got when we were in New York. Yeah. When, we were, when I was in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was also in New York. <laughs> yeah. I also have a book, Hulked Out Heroes, which is a okay. side story from World War Hulks. Okay. Back in like 2000 six or seven during Greg Pock's run. Of okay. Hulk. So I have those two books and then I have all of Marvel zombies on Kindle. Okay. And so I'll probably read those. Okay. Not things. These, these last books aren't things we have to cover. I'm just saying sure. like, what I'm yeah. probably going to be reading. Yeah. Yeah. I will avoid reading volume three of new x-men but i also have that on kindle it's like 200 books to buy physical 200 bucks i mean to buy physical. yeah 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 but it was only like 10 bucks to buy the kindle version yeah no contest i have that so when we do do this new x-men reread yes you'll be ready i will be ready well, at the pace that I'm going through 99, it'll be a long time before I get to 2001, <laughs> but I'll make an effort. So I will avoid reading that, even though, like, I only know one thing that happens in 
volume three. I assume there's more, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that at some point. And then, so when we, when I get back, we're going to have to talk about, we're going to have to address those ideas that we've had about what to read next. Yeah. You know, I'm still Sandman campaigning for a Sandman. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm warming myself up to it. I think I'll have more fun with it when I'm reading it as like a podcast thing. Yeah. So I can like ingest it and then regurgitate it. Totally. But man, I third know time's it was yeah, third yeah, time's yeah. the term. <laughs> and and also just, you know, because the show's coming out and it'll be nice to have right. read it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot. There's Sandman. a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. But, There's uh, a lot of supplementary material to Sandman that I have not read at all. Mm. You know, because there's like there's the main series, and then every few years, DC's like, hey, Neil Gaiman, how about we give you just a fuck ton of money to write a little more Sandman? <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. Twist my arm. Yeah. And so there's that, and then there's like some supplemental stuff that other people have written too. I haven't read any of the things that other people have read, but I've only read some of the extra Neil Gaiman stuff. But cool. that's not, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll we'll yep. we'll probably get to Sandman, yes. more than likely. But that yes. will be that will be addressed in August. Yeah, wild as well. I'll be reading the same old shit. <laughs> I've got <laughs> yeah. X Men. I've got X Men and Generation X coming up next, and and then some Gambit and uh, some Deadpool, and who knows after that? I wonder what they're going to do with Gambit. Has Gambit been death yet? No, that's not for a few more years. Mm. That, that's not this apocalypse plot, but the next apocalypse plot. Because <laughs> some a different X Man is death during the twelve. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> oh yeah, because we're leading up to the twelve. That's right. Yep, we're getting pretty close. Oh man. Well, mm. pretty. Cl- it's going to be a few more months for for my reading, but yeah. Okay, I've read the twelve. Yeah. Super randomly enough. I will be interested to see what of it you remember and uh, what feels worth talking about. I only honestly remember like one page. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I can pull I can pull it out of storage because sure. I know exactly where it is now. These shoes are you. When you cover it. Anyway, well, that'll be fun. And I will miss recording our uh, pod every yeah. week for the next two but um, look forward to coming back and the listeners will be none the wiser. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Steady stream as, or as erratic as my posting is normally. Right. <laughs> but we have, we have a backlog. So yes. It's fine. We certainly do. <laughs> All right, man. All right, then uh, I guess with that, we'll put the outro music here. Bump. And, uh, I'm not going to be able to do that.